0: Alright, hello! I would like to welcome you to our first episode of Parlay with Jay. We'll be coming to you weekly with um, thoughts on uh, current events and news. Um, I'm Noah and... I'm Jay. And uh, we're going to get started. Alright, so today's episode is going to be about George Santos. Um, I'm sure he's, uh, you guys are familiar with him at this point, and I know uh, Joaquin and myself... I've had a lot of uh, thoughts about him, and um, anyway, we'll go over a quick uh, recap of some of the things he's done. I think our favorite thing that he did was he said that he was Jewish, and then uh, and then he clarified that he's not actually Jewish, he's Jew-ish, which, what do you think about that, Jay? I'm
1: Jew-ish, I mean, he's not lying, he's Jew-ish.
0: <laughs> I think it was classic. I like that one. Um, so other things that he's done, his I recommend checking out his Wikipedia page because it's like encyclopedic, man. It's really long. But anyway, he has lied about pretty much everything in his whole life. Um, he's from Brazil. He said that his grandparents were Holocaust survivors, um, which isn't true. He's actually Catholic, although he said he was Jewish, but we just talked about that. He's Jewish. He has uh, lied about his education. He's lied about his jobs. He's got some Czech scandals in Brazil. He's got some uh, scandals with some dog... Uh, what do you call it, like a dog? Uh, it's
1: like a dog charity a charity. charity, yeah. He like mean. stole money from some guy and then refused to pay the charity too. It was crazy.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that one's still up in the air. I guess the biggest thing for him in terms of his political career is that he is under investigation or campaign finance. So what I want to ask you, Jay, is given all these things, and I know we had watched – like a news story about it and it was funny because you just like clearly were like I can't even believe they're they're talking about this seriously Mm -hmm. which I thought was funny because it it really is it's like over the top and yet we have to kind of take it seriously and he really is in Congress so what I mean what should we do with this guy
1: I don't even know I think they should kick him out of office but it's been quite a long time and he still isn't out of there there's a bunch of Republicans who still want him out of office, although there's also a lot of people who still want him in since it gives them an advantage in the House. And, but, uh, yeah, I don't think someone like this should be in Congress. I don't even know how he got there in the first place.
0: Yeah, someone definitely did not do their due diligence in, uh, in the election, you know, research. But, um, so if they can't. If he doesn't get convicted of anything where he really can get kicked out and the Republicans hold on to him because he gives them another vote, then what What do you think are the ramifications of that?
1: Mm, what do you mean by
0: that? I mean, what does that mean for us as a country if we've got like a, basically a con artist? I mean, we could get into the past presidency, but we'll leave that off the table for now. But... What does that mean that, that we would have this guy who's like an obvious con artist in our lawmaking body? Like, what do you think that means for the country?
1: I think it would be kind of a pretty bad impression of on our country. But, I mean, he he's not like... He doesn't have the most power, but it's still not good that he is in office since all the things that he has done. It's crazy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And... It might make us look bad to other countries, too, politics-wise.
0: Yeah, it kind of makes it look like we don't have um, honesty and and sort of control. I mean, to me, one of the biggest problems with it is it's just symbolic of how polarized the Congress is and how, you know, they're not really interested in, in trying to work for the country, they're working for their side you know and so we're not unified and because they're competing and they're working for their side they're allowing a guy who they don't even like to have some power and to be given a pass because he's an ally of one side which is that's really a problematic thing when you have a. um, you know, the the enemy of my enemy is my friend, they say. But uh, unfortunately, that's not always true.
1: Yeah, it's not good. And, I mean, people really, some people, a lot of people don't even really care who who is, like, in charge. They just care whatever they do for them that's good. Like, if there's someone who does something really bad but they do something that you want then some people really just don't care and are bad about that
0: that's kind of where we find ourselves
1: yeah it shows there's a lot of selfishness in our country and people just don't care they just want things to be their way which is a really bad way to think about things so yeah it's pretty bad for our country and george santos just isn't the right person to be in congress
0: yeah i agree with that now during the state of the union they filmed a what i thought was kind of a funny moment where um mitt romney uh confronted george santos and he told him shame on you (laughs) did you see that the Uh, clips of that
1: I think I think it was on the news it's really funny that he was just kind of fronting him face on and George Santos just doesn't care at all it's just a- at least
0: he pretends like he doesn't care yeah he's, he's a frustrating dude but I, I gotta give Mitt Romney credit for doing that because uh, I would want to do the same thing man shame on you like <laughs> that dude anyway um, let's go to another subject. All right, so let's um turn to a kind of a more I guess the last one was serious too, but this this really is serious and it's not a funny subject. But um let's talk about the war in Ukraine. It's it's been a year since Russia invaded Ukraine. Um it's had a whole lot of uh, geopolitical ramifications and I know that you've been paying attention a little bit to it and and kinda of keeping keeping an eye on that and I just wonder what your thoughts are at this point a year out.
1: Um it's kinda of crazy that it's still going on. I think it's I mean, it's not that surprising but still it's been a long time and um Ukraine, they didn't really do much until I guess they started trying to join NATO and then that really sparked Russia to try and invade them. But I
0: mean that's what Russia says. Yeah. And, and definitely there there has been, you know, before this, there was a move by Ukraine to be more friendly with the quote-unquote West, being the, the European Union and the United States. And Russia definitely did see that as a threat. Um, but I think the U.S. prior to the invasion had not accepted Ukraine and had some stipulations about corruption and stuff in the country that they wanted Ukraine to deal with before they were considered for NATO. Um, What do you think about the effect of this war on NATO? Well, first of all, do you know what NATO is?
1: Yeah, NATO is an alliance of a bunch of different countries that are allies of the USA, um, in the West. And also um, some, a lot of countries from the European Union, too, are part of NATO.
0: And what is the significance of NATO? Like, what's the biggest thing about it?
1: Um, it's just they're allies and they kind of all are enemies of, like, Russia and China and those countries well, that are also They're not together. necessarily
0: enemies, but I'll, I'll tell you what the, the big significance is that they have an agreement that if a, a NATO country is attacked, all the other NATO countries will come in to defend it. So in other words, if you start a war with a NATO country, you're starting a war with NATO, which means you're starting a war with the US and with Germany. Turkey is in NATO, but Turkey's relatively friendly with Russia. Um, so they've actually been sort of a peace broker at times in this. Um, but anyway, that's the big significance and that's why it's scary because the idea of having a war between Russia and the United States to the two largest nuclear superpowers is, you know, is a very dangerous thing for the planet.
1: Yeah, and another thing is that I mean, this seems like it could break out into some sort of World War 3 with all the NATO countries kind of on one side all protecting Ukraine and Russia trying to take over Ukraine and China trying to take over Taiwan. It's, it just could spark a really big conflict that I don't think we would wanna see be very dangerous.
0: Right, right. So I think that's why the, you know, we've been even selective in the types of weapons that we've been giving Ukraine. Um, We have not wanted to actually put troops in Ukraine we're really walking a tightrope between defending Ukraine and getting in an actual war with Russia.
1: Uh yeah, it's it's tough. It's like it's hard to it's hard to stand up for Ukraine without it being too problematic and dangerous for us. And um it just it must be hard for the country to try and do the best they can at defending Ukraine.
0: And what do you think about what we're doing? Do you think we're doing the right thing?
1: I think, yeah, I think that we've been doing pretty well. And I'm actually pretty surprised that Ukraine has been standing up pretty well against Russia, considering it's been a year and Russia is like a super military superpower, and still Ukraine hasn't been affected. Ukraine has been affected a lot, but they've been defending more well than I think a lot of people would have expected.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think there were some surprises. I think Russia was not as effective as they were expected to be. Um, I think their military prowess has been called into question a little bit. Uh, Ukraine has done better than expected, and also, you know, the help from from the US and, and Germany and other, other Western countries has really helped Ukraine to kind of hold on. And and now it seems like we have this kind of stalemate. And at the same time there's this whole sort of global reorganization of um, economies and, you know, all these trading partnerships and alliances. And it's it's pretty interesting. i'm not sure if it's good or bad i mean war is definitely bad period certainly it's horrible for ukraine it's not good for russia um in terms of you know if you're just thinking strategically about the u.s i'm not sure if our power is increased or decreased although it does seem like our alliance with the with europe has been kind of strengthened but at the same time you know there's been an increase in sort of the the strength of the alliance between china and russia and china is really our economically at least is our biggest threat um in terms of just global power if you're just thinking about global power so i mean what do you think about that just in terms of what this like how this is affecting the world economies and and uh you know strategic partnerships
1: i think it's pretty bad because russia and china are two of some of the biggest countries in the world and their ideologies just have not been good for the citizens so if and they're trying to expand and get even bigger and have more of an influence over the world which is pretty bad for countries that are this powerful and have like, just aren't good.
0: And what are their ideologies when you say that? What do you mean? What are their ideologies?
1: Well, I think, I mean, they're just like, very they're very strict countries. They, um, they're...
0: Kind of authoritarian. Yeah. Am I putting that word in your mouth or is that what you're trying to say?
1: Uh, I think, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Pretty much
0: yeah they're not they're not really functioning democracies. Well, certainly China is not a democracy. Um, you know, Xi Jinping has been in power for I, I don't even know how long, but a long time and it seems like it's just continuing until he decides to give it up. And then the same thing with Putin. Putin has been in charge for twenty plus years
1: yeah and there's this whole thing that like apparently the election was rigged in Russia. There was like things in voting polls before the voting actually started, and the government has been trying to be very secretive about that and is very um violent towards the people who try and speak out about that so, yeah they're not
0: thing. they're not a functioning democracy though no. um so, yeah, I think that I agree with that. That's a problem uh, to have those kind of leadership philosophies more influential in the world. Um, is not probably not good for the majority of people. It might be good for a few people in power that can benefit by, you know, control of the masses. So I guess I want to ask you, like, what... You know, you, you see what we're doing. Would you do anything different? Like, what would you do if you were if you were Biden and you were confronting a situation? Is there, is there anything different you would do?
1: Uh, well, I think the things that Biden has been doing with our country and defending Ukraine have been... It's hard to do that without starting a big conflict. So what he has been doing has been uh, a good step in kind of defending Ukraine without getting too involved Um but I mean one thing I would do different I think that I would just give Ukraine a little bit more defense because Russia has taken over some of its territories and they have been really like they have taken over a lot well they've taken over a little bit of Ukraine and they've also destroyed a lot of the cities so I think I would step up and do a little bit more just uh, like giving Ukraine more aid instead of just giving them weapons and other things and uh, I think I would kind of try and use the same strategy that our country is doing but just do it a little bit more just to, so that we're able to help Ukraine out more than we're doing right now and still not get too involved with it and start a big conflict.
0: So you might be a little more aggressive. So yeah. Ukraine is asking for fighter jets. Would you give it to them?
1: I would. That's an interesting question. That's that's hard. I'm. I mean, I would probably I'd give them to Ukraine, but I don't think I I would operate. I would be the ones to. We would be the ones to operate them with our military. I think we would just uh, give Ukraine the the jets and.
0: Yeah, that's what they're asking for. They're asking to give them the jets and then to train their pilots, not for us to fly them. So I, you would you would do that?
1: Yeah, I would do that. I think that's pretty reasonable.
0: Okay. I think I actually agree. I think at this point, you know, I, I think it would help more than hurt, and I don't think it increases the risk of, of nuclear escalation. Um, but that's, you know, that's the fear. That's... That's the big, you know, kind of elephant in the room with all this is, is nuclear escalation and, and Putin is, is threatening, you know, he threatens that.
1: Yeah, nuclear, having a nuclear warfare would be horrible for everyone.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that's our mic drop on this one. Having a nuclear war would be horrible for everyone. So with that, you know, on a, on a positive note, we're going to say goodbye. We'll see you next week with a couple other topics. Um and uh thank you for listening. Goodbye from me, Noah, and uh goodbye from me,
1: Jay or Joaquin.
0: Peace.